This program is brought to you by Chefs Collaborative, a nonprofit with a mission to inspire, educate, and celebrate chefs and food professionals building a better food system. Change menus, change lives. Learn more at chefscollaborative.org. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. We are a member-supported nonprofit food radio station. That means that every single thing we do, from broadcasting 35 weekly shows for free to bringing you exclusive content from sold-out food events across the country to offering scholarships to high school students, is only possible thanks to the support of our loyal members. And we want you to join the club. Become a member during our 2017 Summer Drive to get access to sweet swag and pledge your support to the world's only food radio station. Visit heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to become a member now. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners. We have listeners from about 65 countries around the world, about a million listens a month, which is amazing. Hard to believe when you're sitting in a repurposed shipping container in the backyard of Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn, which I am right now. And I am every week at 11 a.m. on Thursdays talking about food and technology with some of the people who make it, influence it, work in it every day. And today, that person is a return guest, one of our old friends, old favorites, our legal ex- Tech Bytes legal expert. Can we call you that, David? Yes, please. <laughs> uh, our guest today is David, and I'm going to try desperately to pronounce your last name correctly. You, you'll get it. I'm going to say Plotnik. Which no, is not, Postalski. Which is not, Postalski. <laughs> Postalski. You should, you, should have, you should have heard the kids when I was younger. <laughs> he is an, a patent and IP attorney, and he works quite a bit in the food tech space. And the two of us met initially because we are both advisors for one of the uh, local New York City food tech accelerators, a group called Food X, and both of us have been involved in that for, I think, a couple years now. Yeah. Wow, amazing how time flies. Totally. Um, and, you know, so much of what happens in the tech space nowadays has something to do with legal, which is pretty amazing. So it's nice to have him come on and explain us a little bit what all that means. But before we get to today's episode, where we are going to talk about the terms and conditions of Instagram, because you know you have an Instagram account, do you know what you agreed to when you signed up? My guess is probably no. So we're going to take a look at that. But before we do, we're going to go around like we always do at the beginning of each episode and talk about apps. So David... You've just been traveling. You said you had a travel app that you like. Yeah, so um, it's kind of uh, travel related. I've been learning to speak Hebrew, and 
I'm uh, uh, probably too old to take classes on a, on a frequent basis. So there's an awesome app called Duolingo. I don't know if you've heard of it. So they, uh, it's a, a pretty new app. Um, they run all sorts of um, new words and tests, and they don't only teach you how to speak a language, but how to write a language and understand a language and read a language. And it's free. So that's the, that's the greatest part, is that you can learn. I think there are like 15 languages that are available now, now, nowadays, and it's free. And it's fun. And it's like gamified and fun and, and just having a really good time learning a language, which, you know, sometimes that, those, two, those two concepts don't go uh, together, you know? <laughs> That is an app that we've talked about on the show. I think another guest was learning French. Love it. It's perfect. <laughs> I don't think you're too old to take classes. You're probably no. too busy to take busy. regular classes, <laughs> which, is, which are maybe related, but not the same right. thing. No, that's a good point. Classes meet like, you know, a few times a week in the evening. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, do you feel like that's making, you're making good progress? Without then? a doubt. I, yeah. I'm, I'm up to intermediate level, which is kind of cool over the last two, three months. So that's, that's great. great. Yeah. It's Wonderful. Fun. Yeah. Just the, the, the way they've thought about how to take a language and how to characterize it in certain settings, uh, you know, food groups, uh, just re- really interesting way of kind of uh, uh, teaching it. Um, it makes it fun. That's important. I think if anything's fun, it's easier to learn. Absolutely. And then if it's fun, you want to do it more. Right. And then you learn faster. Yeah. Yeah. So today, our engineer, the man in mission control, is Vitor. Vitor, how are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. So do you have an app for us that you like? Yeah. Um, as a sound engineer, I have to take good care of my hearing. Okay. So everywhere I, w- I go, I'm really concerned about the loudness levels of things, especially huh. the subway system in New York. And I have, you know, earplugs that I carry, carry with me all the time and, uh, and also shows and concerts and stuff like that. So I have an app called uh, Decibel Meter, which is just one app that does that. But there are many with different, slightly different names, but they all relate to decibel metering, which basically tells you how much... Uh, sound pressure you're getting in your ears, an approximate, approximate value, value that you can kind of keep track of, you know, how loud things are and not be exposed to extreme loud noises for long periods of time, which is really bad for your hearing uh, over time. So, so David and I are looking at each other across the, the <laughs> studio with our eyes open wide, kind of going... Wow, I never really thought about that before. Yeah. So, yeah. Vitor, you have this app, and then what, what do you do? Do you, when you're in the subway and it's really noisy, do you pull it out and, and measure the sound levels? Well, and the, then the subway I know is already, I already know that it's extremely loud. Do you so wear earplugs when you go into the subway? Yeah, definitely. Uh, is it the platform noise? Not the inside train noise. I'm assuming it's the platform yeah, noise, the platform, or is it all of it? Yeah, the platform, but I, I just keep them on, you know, during the trip. And I honestly, like, wear them... If I'm walking around, you know, in the streets and stuff, just uh, kind of like car honking also bothers me a lot and stuff like that. And like you said, most people don't think too much about it. But because I work with my ears all day, every day, it's uh, it's really uh, important for me to just keep the level, the loudness level down at, you know, most times when I'm not using it professionally. And uh, actually, people don't realize how loud things are. And, for example, you know, if you're exposed to, I don't know, 90 decibels uh, 
for a long period of time. It's not like a very uh, loud sound, but if it's for a long period of time, it can really damage your hearing. And especially like concerts, you know, I see people going to concerts and standing right next to the big speakers. And that, you know, is insane to me because it really, like in a few years, you can really notice like the loss of hearing. And it's a big problem, you know. I feel like this generation, my generation is going to suffer a lot from hearing problems, you know, in the next decades or so. Wow. Not something we've ever really talked about, but something I'm really thinking about right now. My, my question to you is, I typically walk around listening to music or podcasts or recordings with my headphones on. That's usually what I'm doing when I'm on the subway platform or in the subway and things like that. Where does that fit on the meter of being good to your ears, too loud, potentially mm -hmm. dangerous? It is potentially dangerous. And uh, I would say, though, if you're not using your ears professionally, you, sh you probably will be fine. You can experience some loss, but it's not something that's going to impair your hearing, but it can. Just not too loud, probably, is Yeah, but thing. most people, like, if you're on the subway car and you hear someone else's headphones... Yes, you hear what they're listening to. That's already way too loud. You know? <laughs> and the problem is, the subway car is loud already, so you right. want to make the music louder. Right. And that's not a good thing. Wow. I, you know, I often think about little kids. Oh, just yeah. because they're smaller when I see them listening to things or headphones or, like, you know watching something on a phone and then listening to it, I, I often wonder, like, what the ear sensitivity or, you know, safety guidelines should be for little kids with all of that. I would think that people who are babies now listening to headphones and all that kind of stuff might be the generation that's having yeah, their, their, the human ear wasn't their human to... ear shaped by digital technology. Right. Yeah, it wasn't designed to take, take in so much sound. And directly so, with like right. the earbuds right yeah. on it and in it. So this is just a meter that lets you know that it's too much. So it lets you know what the meters are, but it, I'm sure does it give you any guidelines of what's too loud and not too loud, or do you have to go to a second, a, 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 another source to have sort of a range of what the different decibel levels mean? Uh, some do have like a chart, but uh, on average, it's not good to, you know, have like anything above like 90 decibels. At like a you know for a very prolonged uh, period of time. Right. Wow. Okay. Can I just say that's awesome that you protect your ears like that. That's. Oh, I have to. I love that. <laughs> love that you do that. Yeah. That's so amazing. Now I'm thinking. You know, I'm wearing headphones right now, as we all are, um, and I'm thinking about my. You know, I'm thinking about my commute home on the L train, <laughs> and you know what that's going to be about. And how loud is, is going to be too loud? Right. I don't know. Okay. Well, um, my app today is called Canva. Canva, C-A-N-V-A. And if you do social media or you're in marketing or you like making memes or sending funny things to your friends and people you're connected with, it's basically an app that helps you make little... Posters, postcards, 
photos with text on them, designed text, design photos around things. So, you know, if I wanted to take a picture of David and put some, you know, scrolly copy around him that said, you know, world's most amazing attorney We need to do that. (laughs) Um, This is a great app. It's free. You download it. It has a lot of templates that are already sized for different social media outputs, Facebook profile, album, Instagram, poster, Pinterest, all of those things. And it um, allows you to edit and choose the fonts and the sizes and the colors. And it has some imagery also. Um, so if you're wondering like how people make those great little memes that are on Instagram and, <laughs> and Facebook and things like that, they may very well be using an app like this. So it's pretty easy. It's pretty intuitive. Um, it's fun. I should probably use it more and make more memes for tech bytes. What's it called again? Again? C A N V A Canva. Got it. Canva, Canva, Canvas. Something like that. Oh, probably like, like canvas, like canvas without an S. Yes, perhaps. Yes, yes. Yes. Because maybe canvas was already, was already taken. taken. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is actually. It's a school app. You know, it's like a, a, a kind of electronic blackboard app. There you go. <laughs> I have it on my phone. Actually, all the great ideas <laughs> already taken. Already taken. Well. <laughs> We had David on earlier, episode 95, Protect Your IP on Social Media. And this, in the last episode, he was giving us legal advice as to how to protect your brand, your ideas, your image, uh, your name, um, as you go out and share things in digital media, social media, Twitter, Instagram. Facebook, all those kinds of things. And it's a really great episode. I learned a lot of things. I think of myself as being pretty well informed about the digital space. And, and I learned quite a few things myself. So if um, you're interested in that, or if you're online and you want to protect yourself, which is probably most of the people listening, <laughs> um, episode 95, protect your IP on social media. One of the things that we've been talking about quite a bit on Tech Bytes is not just protecting your intellectual property, but also protecting your personal information, um, who you are, where you live, your phone number, your banking information, as well as protecting your internet life, your browsing history, where you go, all those kinds of things. And it came into the news um, earlier this year with a Senate vote where it, you know, the Senate voted to allow companies to sell your browser history meaning just where you go online. And the interesting thing about that is, um, well, first off, it'll take a few years to implement, so it didn't actually change anything now. But one of the questions that was raised and one of the issues that was raised is that in many instances, or quite regularly, people are already giving away their IP browser history, they're already giving away um, certain pieces of their personal data as they sign up for online services and as they download and agree to terms of service for all these different apps. And as you all know, we start each show asking people about their favorite apps. And I've also started asking people, did you read the terms of service when you agree to them as you were downloading it. And I have yet to encounter a person who said, (laughs) yes, I did. And I'm guilty as well. I'm guilty as well. Even Um, though I'm a lawyer, I'm also guilty of it. 
So we thought it would be interesting to take an episode with our resident legal expert and read through the terms of service, the terms of use for Instagram, which is arguably one of the most, if not the most popular apps right now. It's also a good uh, one to talk about because um, people provide, they upload their own content and their own images and their own photos. Products, everything. Yeah. Becomes a part of the Instagram universe. Um, and those things are also attached to the terms of use and the conditions. Interestingly, I was doing a quick Google uh, search to find out what the current numbers are in terms of Instagram users. And I found a CNBC article that said there are about 250 million active daily users of Instagram stories. It's staggering. 250 million daily active that's like why that's like <clears throat> where there are 250 million people in the United States alone, right? Just in the United States alone. Yeah. It's like every person in the United States using it. Once I mean, this a is day. worldwide, but then yeah. once a day. Yeah, right. To put it on scale. Just crazy. Amazing. Right? Yeah. Wow. So I basically went on to the Instagram website and copy and pasted all the terms into a Word document so it would be easy for us to. And I just made it in regular 12 point times new roman type i made it you know space and a half spaced and i think the document is 28 pages yeah 28 pages or something like that so there you go um pretty standard size by the way yeah have you been involved in writing any terms of use or agreement or service of course so uh because it's all related because terms of service are directly related to intellectual property of a particular company or service, meaning their intellectual property, and also related to the intellectual property that people are going to be posting on that site. Yeah, so we write them all the time. Um, we uh, they're usually we actually say to people they're usually highly <coughs> detailed documents that are specific to the company that has created it. And we say that because so many times people will come in and say, oh, well, we're just going to we're going to we're going to do exactly what what Jennifer just did. Right. We're going to copy the Instagram one. We're going to, you know, replace all of, you know, everywhere it says Instagram, we'll put our company name um, and then we'll just post that. And we usually we say, no, that's like not what you should be doing for some of the reasons we're going to talk about in a second. But also because that's uh, that was specifically tailored to the Instagram journey. So if you're selling pizza or, you know, if you're, uh, if you're delivering pizza online or something, um, or, or you're providing some other type of service that's unrelated to social media or, 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 or some other type of product, then yeah, probably not smart to use the same terms of service, right? Because of all the implications that we're going to talk about in a second. Why do terms of service have to be so complicated? Why does it have to be so long? I mean, Instagram's a pretty simple, pretty simple process endeavor. You take a photo, it's on your phone, you upload it to Instagram, you maybe make, say some stuff, you change the colors a little bit, <laughs> you post it, people look at it, they like it, they They're don't happy. like it, they make comments. And you go on, right. and that's it. And it holds on to all of them on your page, and that's it. So how, how do we get from that 
to a 28-page document. Exactly. So it all started with the dawn of the internet, unfortunately. (laughs) Like, I think we are such an interconnected digital world, and there are so many uh, 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 verticals that happen with just that one photo, right? There's like, maybe you're taking a picture of somebody else's product, which sometimes happens, right? Maybe you're taking a picture of somebody else's image or even your own image, and then you're supplementing it with another image and you're making a collage like they often do on Instagram. So all of those have their own rights and responsibilities. (coughs) And the fact that it just lives on the internet. And so you have to think about the digital user and what are all the things that Instagram wants to protect themselves from, Right. Unfortunately, we live in a, you know, nefarious world sometimes. And there are people that use some of what we would consider non-threatening images or whatever in threatening ways. Or they use it to create or or they use it as part of their scheme to create a cybersecurity breach or a phishing expedition to introduce a introduce a virus into another company's business. All of this is all related, believe it or not, to just a simple image of you, you know, with your, you know, my slice cut. of pizza. Correct. Yeah. It, 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 you, you, it, there's so much. There's so much information. There's so much data. There's so much metadata all connected to that. That Instagram wants to make sure straight up, that they're not responsible for any of it. I mean, that is, at the end of the day, there's 28 pages of them saying, we are not responsible for anything that you put on there. You are, you know, (laughs) you're responsible for it. That's really what they're, you can, yeah, you can shorten that to one page, you know. (laughs) So they're not responsible for sort of anything that would happen as a result of you posting that photo from cybersecurity all the way up to maybe infringement infringement Correct. or people telling you they don't like you or your pizza bullying yes all, all that kind that. of stuff yes um and they say that right That's and they blatant. say that yeah so we'll get into to that so yeah. they're protecting themselves by saying we're not responsible you're on your own right. enter at your own risk right. basically yeah what are they saying about their relationship to your photo that they're putting up. Because that's the other piece that's also very interesting about, particularly about social media or anything where you put up your own content and add it to the pile. Instagram's pile gets bigger and bigger, and then Instagram becomes more and more valuable. So in a, just in a simple sentence, and then we'll sort of break, you know, we'll we'll drill down. What is it (coughs) saying? What are the 25 pages saying about your relationship to your photo and Instagram's relationship to your photo. Everything I'm about to say right now not only holds true for Instagram, but holds true for all social media sites, all, uh, which includes like YouTube and stuff like that. These are basically sites. These are free, right? These are sites that you can post things on. Free in a monetary <laughs> sense. Free in a mo- exactly, exactly. They're not charging you money for the service, but... Yet. Yes, they're, correct. They're, <laughs> a, they're getting a back end. Yes. So they're basically saying that whatever you put out there on our site for public consumption belongs to them no longer belongs to you. You have no, you literally have, you give up all your rights to it. So like if it, if it was used in a, in a nefarious way and it was traced back to Instagram, 
you give up any claim against Instagram. Instagram, though, as you're saying, has all this, you know, now has all this data and all of your intellectual property, and they can do anything and everything they want to with it, sell it, share it, uh, uh, create reports about who you are as a user or who you are as a digital user, and there's really nothing that you can say or do to there, there, there's something there's, there, there, there is nothing you can say or do to prevent to, to for, for that to happen but you can't prevent that from happening so those are two separate things right if you're already a user you, you and, and and you're posting things out there then you lose all of your embedded intellectual property rights and the fact that these are creations of yours that you think that you're creating something you know a picture or whatever or, you know adding to it and and at the same time it's being transferred to them to do whatever they want with it so me posting a picture on at TechBytes, HRN, right. on Instagram. I post a picture of us in the studio eating a piece of pizza. Instagram could take that photo and put it on a stock photography site and sell it. Correct. They could turn Instagram into the world's biggest stock photography Correct. site ever and sell the image. And you could be, you know on public transportation in Tel Aviv, listening to yes. Duolingo and see a picture of yourself <laughs> eating pizza. Totally, Jennifer. And be like, <laughs> I'm in the twilight zone. Yes. And it would be totally legit. And these things happen every day. Do there they? Are cases, really? There are cases of... So I... I, I, I teach at Parsons School of Design, we talk about this regulation and the, you know, the, the regulatory or lack thereof of social media and the digital space and some, some of the ethical and moral issues that occur. There are tons of cases of people who have, you know, found themselves to have found themselves or their children, their babies, their grandparents to be like instant spokespersons, right? Their images have beca- have gone all over the world selling all sorts of different things. Like all of a sudden they're, they, you know, here we are thinking that these people are like models, right? For these brands, but they're not. They're literally like images taken off the internet, likely from these sites, and then used by brands, right? So some random person sitting in, a, in the marketing department of some international brand somewhere in Brazil, and uh, they need like a really fresh face, so let's, uh, you know, call from the public images that are out there, right? So it's uh, scary, actually. So that's an instance where it would not be Instagram, the entity, utilizing it. It would be some other public entity Correct. just pulling something down from what's considered, doubt, yes. considered you know, public, public, domain. public domain. Correct. And I want to just say something. So if you took that That picture, to me, that's two different scenarios. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But I, I, I get... I, I guess my point is that Instagram could be heading there one day, right? That they they're 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 amassing all this picture and art and you know photographs and everything. They could one day become their own kind of marketing company. Who knows what the plan is there? But I want to say one 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 thing. So you taking the picture of us in Roberta's Pizza, you automatically that's your copyright, right? You right. created a picture, you have the copyright. The minute you post it on Instagram, by virtue of the fact that you've agreed to their terms and conditions, right, which we're going to get to, you are giving up that copyright, giving up the, the your 
your rights in that picture and you're giving it to them. So they're inheriting your copyright rights. But what about if I put the copyright Tech Bytes HRN thing on it? A lot of people do that. A, a lot, lot of, of photographers will put a copyright mark on photos before they put them on Instagram. Yeah, and they will, and, 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 they, and, and they totally will. But is that helpful at all? So if you, is it meaningful? It, theoretically not, because there is, there, we'll, 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 we'll get into it. There is actually a clause in there that says that your, your intellectual property rights, including your copyright rights, that you believe that you have in, your, in, in the photos you are posting are actually, are actually uh, um, uh, given up to, to Instagram to do what they want. So let's play this out. Let's say somebody grabs the picture off of Instagram of you in me and you in, in Roberta's Pizza and then uses it on their site or maybe publishes an article or maybe tries to sell a product with it. Or maybe it's even Roberta's Pizza or whatever. There, you, your right to enforce it against that person, your right to say, hey, you've infringed my copyright, right? You took it and you're distributing it. You're copying my picture. You shouldn't have done that. They can easily say, no, we got it from Instagram. And on Instagram, you've already agreed that it's now public for everyone, for everyone's consumption. So you really, you, you, you you're giving up so much, so much of your rights in that picture. Yes, you may still have the copyright and it may show that you were the first person to take it, but there's so much more to copyright than just creating a picture. It's the bundle of rights that you get, the right to stop the copying of that picture, the distribution of that picture, the display of that picture. All of those are you know, severely uh, uh, put at a disadvantage. Amazing. Yeah. So we have to take a quick, quick break to hear from our sponsors. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit, and the legal fine print there means we are fully supported by our members, sponsors, and underwriters who contribute to keep all of our 35 live shows a week on the air and keep the 10,000-plus shows on demand on the website up and running because food stories and conversations about all these things we think are really important. So let's take a quick listen to see who we have to thank this week. This program is brought to you by Chefs Collaborative a national nonprofit network with a mission to inspire, educate, and celebrate chefs and food professionals building a better food system. Chefs Collaborative members work to make sustainable practices second nature for every chef in the United States. Chefs Collaborative was founded in 1993 by visionary chefs including Rick Bayless and Alice Waters, who acknowledged the influential role of food professionals on our food choices, our collective personal health, the vitality of cultures, and the integrity of the global environment. Chefs Collaborative believes that the greater culinary community can be a catalyst for positive change by expanding the market for good food and helping to preserve local farming and fishing communities. Change menus, change lives. Learn more about Chefs Collaborative at chefscollaborative.org. Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And today we are having a very interesting, sobering, a little bit scary conversation about 
terms of use for apps and social media. Um, who owns your public, who owns your personal data, who owns your browser history, who owns the copyright to the photos and the images and the words you put into social media? You might think it's you, but depending on which apps you download, you've already agreed to a whole bunch of terms and conditions. So what we thought we would do today is go through the Instagram terms of use with a professional intellectual property and patent attorney and really kind of go through the fine print and have them explain to us what exactly this means. So I downloaded, I copy and pasted the Instagram terms of use from the website and we are looking at a 25-page document. (laughs) (laughs) And it starts off, these terms of use are effective on January 19th, 2013. To access the previous terms of use, please click here. And I'm a little surprised that the terms haven't been updated for the last <laughs> not <laughs> four years. Yeah. Um, that surprises me, just given what's been going on. But I guess they did a really good job. It's pretty common, actually, that really? the company has not uh, uh, updated the date. There, 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 there is a subsequent clause that allows for any modifications to be accepted by the user, should they not click on it. So the fact that it's dated January, 13, January 2013 doesn't necessarily mean it's not effective today. You right. Know? Yeah. So when we go around and we talk about apps, I started to ask people if they've read the terms and conditions, and people have said no. So we are going to read the terms and conditions now. And I'm just going to read the first paragraph, and then um, David will maybe jump us through to some of the really interesting language. It says, by accessing or using the Instagram website, the Instagram service, or any application, including mobile applications, made available by Instagram together, the service, in quotes... Mm. However accessed, you agree to be bound by these terms of use, terms of use, the service is owned or controlled by Instagram LLC, Instagram, these terms of use affect your legal rights and obligations. If you do not agree to be bound by all of these terms of use, do not access or use the service. Okay, so they're you know it's pretty clear. You can't get much clearer that that is buyer beware, right? <laughs> if you do not want to use this site, do not use it. Leave now. <laughs> <laughs> so the next paragraph: arbitration notice. Except if you opt out and accept for certain types of disputes described in the arbitration section below. You agree that disputes between you and Instagram will be resolved by binding individual arbitration, and you waive your right to participate in a class action lawsuit or class-wide arbitration. Basic terms. You must be at least 13 years old to use the service. Number two, you may not post violent, nude, partially nude, discriminatory, unlawful, infringing, hateful, pornographic, or sexually suggestive photos or other content via the service. So the interesting thing there is that they use a lot of adjectives, which are subjective. Yeah. So um, I, I can tell you when we're drafting these documents, we usually, and I'm sure this is what they, what, what, what the folks at Instagram sat down with their lawyers too, 
um, we think of all the potential situ bad situations that can go wrong, right? All those adjectives that you just mentioned. Um, a lot of those have legal definitions, and a lot of them, you're right, are completely subjective. But because you're waiving your right to any sort of legal uh, uh, trial, because arbitration is is a legal type proceeding, right? It's an alternative dispute resolution. So they, basically, what you're saying is, if you don't agree, or if you think your picture doesn't fall into the into the definition of what nudity is, let's say, <clears throat> then you're agreeing to have that decided by. Not a court, which may have its own definition of what nudity is, but by an arbitrator who's um, who's who's likely just a lawyer and not a judge. So, um, yeah. So these so some of these some of these terms are really subjective, and I think, uh, especially if you think about around the country or yeah, the world, the United States definition of what is nudity is so different from the from the definition of what nudity is in France, and by evidence of what's on TV, even right? Of, exactly. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. Um, I mean, a yogurt commercial in primetime can be pretty racy. Totally. <laughs> right. <laughs> so does like yogurt on breasts mean like, I mean, is that nudity on Instagram or is that I, I like know. good it's, marketing? It's you know? covered. I don't know. Yeah. Has it been, pa- maybe it's, is it pasteurized? I don't know. Raw yogurt. Right. I don't know. Okay. But that also gives them, um, that gives them a lot of latitude. Correct. A lot of latitude for interpretation. Smart. Yeah. Smart drafting. Number three, you are responsible for any activity that occurs through your account and you agree that you will not sell, transfer, license, or assign your account, followers, username, or any account rights, with the exception of people or businesses that are expressly authorized to create accounts on behalf of their employees or clients. Instagram prohibits the creation of, and you agree that you will not create an account for anyone other than yourself. You also represent that all information you provide or provided to Instagram upon registration and at all other times will be true, accurate, current, and complete. And you agree to update your information as necessary to maintain its truth and accuracy. Wow, social media wants me to be truthful and accurate on my account. Yeah, that's the honor system right there. Does that like include how old I am and how much I weigh? And <laughs> it's supposed to. That's why I mean, we have. Like, unfortunately, that's why we have eight-year-olds probably on Instagram when they should be thirteen. I know, you know? we do. I know people <clears throat> yep, who have children who have Instagram accounts who are not thirteen. Agreed. Yeah, that means somebody's not uh, somebody's not following the order system. <laughs> Why is it important for Instagram to for people to be truthful on these account things? You know, that's a really good question. It's because they want to sell the data and they want to make sure that it's right. They want to sell the number, the information about the number of female users born in this state from this country or whatever. It's or all is it- about metrics, right? It's all about big data. If you think of these companies, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yes, they're free, but just to 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 to, to pounce on something you said earlier, <clears throat> what's what the 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 non-free part is how they're monetizing all this true data, right? And so, you know, they're hoping that we're all going to be true, so that they're hoping that they could create an awesome advertising campaign for a company that might be trying to access all the data that's being purported on their site about that company's product, you know? Right. And so, um, 
Yeah. And it only works if it's true. Yeah. Theoretically. Yeah. There's very little confirmation on what's true or not. So I'm going to let you jump ahead because, as always, when we have David on the show, we talk a lot and time goes by very quickly. Too fast. Much, much too fast. Um, Like a good attorney, he did his due diligence and Mm -hmm. went through the whole thing and has a couple of points, I think, that he wanted to bring up specifically. Top of page six, if you want to follow along. (coughs) Basically, this is the part of um, where you as users are basically granting a royalty-free, transferable, sub-licensable, worldwide license to use the content that you post through Instagram. So you're basically saying that anything that you put on there, you are giving it to Instagram to do whatever they want throughout the entire world. And so we talked about before, that includes like your rights in a particular created photo or something like that. And so that's a really important, uh, just just kind of let that sink in a little bit. Um, If you ever want to gain back some of the protection of anything that you post, then you probably shouldn't have posted it to begin with. I know that's a really hard thing to come to terms with because how do you have a business in today's world that, or I, I guess I'm taking the business factor because that's really the only factor I think I can rationalize this, right? So, I, I, and I'll just continue with that thought. How do you have a business in today's world without using sites like Instagram, right? Without having followers and people that can click on your pictures and go straight to your product. From a personal point of view, you have to worry about other things, right? Which is, is my picture going to be used for nefarious purposes? Is my data going to be used for nefarious purposes? Is the fact that I posted a picture from Disney World going to signify to some you know, hacker somewhere on the dark web that I'm now in you know, Disney World today and I'm now vulnerable to attack tomorrow, right? That's what happened with Kim Kardashian, that whole thing, right? They robbed her in Paris because she posted that she was in Paris wearing a $5 million necklace. And that her bodyguard was at a club Correct. with her sister. All that. Like, people are looking at that and watching that and analyzing that. Ooh-wee. It's scary if you think about it, that people are looking at this. And I wasn't, gonna, I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about it, but last week I went to a cybersecurity um, conference. Oh, that was, sounds really interesting. They had a... Terrifying and interesting. Terrifying. They had, uh, they had someone from the FBI there show us the dark web, and it was how you get onto it, because we're, I mean, if you, it's not that hard to find out how to get onto it, but you don't want to get onto it, because you might be flagged by the FBI for looking at it. And there are all these sites about, you know, uh, um, buy this person's Instagram account, buy this person's Facebook account, like normal everyday people who probably let their accounts maybe lapse or maybe forgot their passwords. Inactive. Inactive. And so all that data is now up for grabs, you know, for like some criminal mastermind somewhere. So I, I just say that because like from a personal point of view, if you don't want all that information out there, yes, I'm saying right here, right now, get off social media, right? <laughs> but, right. but clearly that's not going to happen and we're going to do it. But I think to your original point, you have the ability to opt out, right? You have the ability to 
turn off location services, you know, meaning you can you, you can post things that maybe are you can't tell where where you are in the world. But so there are definitely things that you can do. There's definitely things you can do. They they've all provided outs, even more so in light of the in light of the Senate and in 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 light of the new regulations that they're selling data. All sites, businesses, everybody is supposed to get on board with this over the next year to really create awareness and transparency to users and allow them an option to not have their data shared or, you know, uh, 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 not let sites know where they are, right? Don't track me. Um, But it takes like a conscious effort from us to do this. Um, Is it possible to go back and undo or close some of the boxes that we've opened over the past, you know, year, two years, five years? It's the 10-year anniversary of the iPhone. You know, can we close the door on some of these things that we open by backtracking or is it too late? It's a really good question. Uh, what did the cybersecurity people say? They're, they're always about moving forward, right? They're always about... Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, like how, how can you rectify from this moment forward? Like he actually gave us like two or three things to do right when we were there. You know, What uh, were they? So one of them was like if you go on your iPhone now, it knows exactly every single place that you have been over the last, I don't know, two years if you if you haven't checked it, right? That whole location services every time you give yes. right, you give permission to an app to it's all it's all literally like listed there, city, state, everything, time, everything. He's like, turn that off. Only use it. Only turn it on when your app asks you to turn it on, right? You need to go somewhere with Waze. You need to you need to do something. It's in, by the way, it's in settings. Yep, I'm in settings now. <coughs> right. You go to settings. Like private, pri- I don't have my phone with me, but privacy, I think it is, or security. Let's see. Let's look. Privacy. Right. It should be location. Location services. Right. Turn okay, it- mine are on. I'm going to turn it <coughs> off. Your, yours are probably on for every single app, right? Because every single app, the turn minute. Turn off. Right. There and we go. Oh, I just, a bunch of things disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. That's one little thing. He's like, hackers love that. Like, people who are looking to do bad things love that, to get into that. Um, something else that kind of I want to talk about. So I was in Toronto a few weeks ago when I was watching a show. And uh, it was uh, some reporter who said, "You know what? I want to, I want to, I want to see how quickly I can access people's personal information by creating a simple app, a horoscope app, using the standard terms and conditions of Facebook, because she knows that people are going to right. say yes to those, and then showing those people all the information I was able to call from the terms and from the agreeing of the terms and service." And then seeing their reactions, like this was her project, and uh, so she started a regular harmless, right, like a regular harmless horoscope of the day. Right. She gets she she copies the. I'm terms a Pisces. Of, right. What are my lottery numbers? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> she, she 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 has eight people. She gets eight people. She 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 t- she gets them to immediately say yes to the terms of service because that's the first thing you do to get into the app. And she told them it's just like Facebook's. It's very. And, you know, she's trying to show them that mm-hmm. we don't read it, and nobody read it. Nobody, nothing like that. She then goes back to her server, right, where she's collecting all this data. She, they, they this is crazy. So she, they, she not only was able to access their call logs in their phones. Wow. 
she was able to take a picture of one of them by accessing their phone, their camera on their phone. Oh my goodness! From her from her back server. And then, but the, the greatest part was that she then shows it to them. She just, she says, I just, I just sent you your horoscope of the day, but I also took a picture of where you are right now. And the person didn't even know. And all of this is because the terms and service are, are you are agreeing to the companies that they can basically log into your phone, right? And get all that data, your location data, access to your microphone, access to your camera, all this stuff. It was so scary. I can tell you I didn't do anything. I, I didn't. I, I mean, I, I'm still a Facebook user and Instagram user and all that. But um, you can imagine, like, uh, uh, we, 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 are, we are giving up so much of our privacy here. We're giving up so much of our rights here. We're giving up so much of our intellectual property here. I, but I, I, I don't know what the future is here, right? Because it's so interconnected to business and, and, and life and... So at some point, does it not matter? Yeah. Do we think that life will just continue evolving at such a rapid pace that, you know, freedom of information, if everybody knows everything about everybody, right. then it's not a big deal, right. maybe. Maybe it becomes, maybe there becomes a break point where you cross a line into so much is accessible that it doesn't matter what's accessible because it's accessible to everyone. I, I think that's a nice future. I mean, I'm not, I, I, I can, I, I want to believe that that's the answer. Because you it's know? not possible to really go back. Not I mean, is there back. a way to cancel your accounts or stop having your phone follow yeah, you so, or all those kinds of yeah, things and, then and still you can, you can move live to in the, the world? Yeah, you can move to the mountains of Keturah in Colorado and, uh, you know, uh, not be part of civilization. <laughs> you, know, you can do that. <laughs> but I think we're, we're, so, we're such a digital open world. Uh, I, I don't know if that's really possible, but I do think we could be more... I think we could be more smart a little bit. I think we could ask the questions. We can challenge the terms of service. We don't have to download the next best app if it has a terms of service that you don't agree with. It means you have to read it. Um, and then you can't cry about it later, right? Ah, oh, the therein right? lies the rub. Come on. You can't. You can't say, I can't believe I was just hacked. I can't believe that my picture's up in, 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 in India somewhere. I I can't believe that everything was stolen. I, I can't believe that I somebody took my picture. I don't get to go to Harvard anymore. Yeah. No, you can't, can't do that. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Because they access your Facebook account and see that you're binge drinking on the weekends, right? <laughs> well, again, we're, we're really out of time. And I apologize to everyone that we, we barely made a dent in the 25 pages of, of the terms of agreement. Um, but I think the overarching... Uh, idea is that we would not have been able to read through 25 pages in 45 minutes. But you might want to go back and take a look. You know, what's the app that you use most every day? And go and maybe do a little exercise and take a read and give it a read and and see what exactly it is you gave the company. And if you did opt into something and maybe you want to opt out and maybe start being just a little more thoughtful about where you go and what you do when you're online and what you download and what you give people access to. Um, I, I don't want to, to David's point. I don't think you can completely disconnect unless you want to actually really truly disconnect. Right. Um, but you can try and be smart about it. Um, you know, there are things that we wouldn't do in, in real life. You know, you probably wouldn't walk down a dark, scary street by yourself, you know, in the middle of the night. 
Um, but you walk down lots of dark, scary streets on the internet by yourself all the time without even realizing it. So um, maybe be as thoughtful about your personal security when you're online and in the app store as you are about your personal security when you're physically out in the world in real life. Well said. If you want to talk to us about this show, we are on social media, and we are interactive, and we'd love to hear from you, (laughs) wherever your geolocation targeting may be (laughs) right now. We are at HRN. You can send us an email, techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org. You can find us on the website, On Demand, you can find us in iTunes and Stitcher Radio. You can subscribe, download, and leave us a sparkling five-star review. If you really, really love this show and you want to hear more shows like this or more shows like we have on Heritage Radio Network, go to the website, click the beating heart, and make a donation. Give us what you spent on coffee or pizza today. It'll help us make more radio. If you designate your donation to Tech Bytes, I will send you something special along with my undying love. I'm Jennifer Leutzi, and this is Tech Bytes. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.